You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 139, How to Find a Happy Balance with Social Media. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friends, and happy Monday. I'm so excited to bring you this week's episode, which is a topic that I think many of us spend a lot of time thinking about as mothers. Are we spending too much time on our phones? Are we using our phones to numb out when we're having uncomfortable emotions? And what are we modeling for our kids? Particularly after starting 3 and 30, I found that my social media use was getting out of control, and it was easy for me to justify it as quote, necessary for my business. But deep down, I knew that was an excuse. And I also knew that if I was going to use this podcast to encourage mothers to be intentional and present with their families, then I needed to be doing my best to also live that way in my day-to-day life. So over the past several years, I've experimented with some concrete strategies to help me balance my social media use with being present in my motherhood. And although I'm far from perfect at this, it has helped me a lot, and I hope that the three tools presented in today's episode will help you as well. This episode is actually the audio recording of a class that I taught back in February for a free online conference for moms called the I Am Mom Summit. Their mission is to motivate, inspire, and help you crush being a mom, and they always put together an incredible lineup of speakers and education on a wide variety of motherhood topics. Though this conference is usually only available for free for a couple of weeks each year, at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, the founder of I Am Mom Summit, Jamie Taylor, decided to make all of the recordings from the past several years of the conference available for moms to watch anytime for free because she recognizes that we all need some extra support right now. So if you love my presentation today, I encourage you to head to the I Am Mom Summit YouTube channel and browse for other presentations that might be applicable for you right now. And I'll put that link in the show notes. I also want to take a moment to remind you that this month of episodes is brought to us by BetterHelp, which is the world's largest counseling service done 100% online. I love counseling and I love this company, so I thought I would tell you three takeaways for why I believe BetterHelp is an outstanding option for busy moms who want some additional emotional and mental health support. First of all, and most obviously, it's so convenient to do counseling appointments online. You can schedule an appointment at a time and pace that works for you and your busy family with no need to line up childcare or drive to and from appointments. You just get the kids settled in for quiet time or you turn on a movie for them and head to your room for a counseling appointment via video or phone call. You can also text with your counselor throughout the week if you need support or guidance as you work to apply new ways of thinking. Second, BetterHelp makes it easy to get started with a counselor without overthinking it. Many of my friends have been talking about going to therapy for years, but it feels hard to find a counselor. Where would you even start in order to find a good fit? With BetterHelp, you go to their website and fill out a brief but thorough survey about your needs and preferences in a counselor, and they match you with someone within 24 hours. You read over their bio and background, and if it feels like a good fit, you go ahead and schedule your first online appointment, and you can be talking to someone within the week. And the third reason why I think BetterHelp is an outstanding option for counseling is that it is more affordable than traditional face-to-face therapy. And financial aid is even available for those who qualify. Therapy is always an investment, and it's 100% worth it, I might add. 
but BetterHelp makes it more possible for anyone who's struggling to get the help that they need. They're also offering 3 and 30 listeners 10% off your first month with the code 3 and 30. So don't go another day overthinking whether or not you should invest in counseling. If you've been feeling the pull, do it. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash 3 and 30. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30. And now on to the show. Here's my presentation from the February 2020 I Am Mom Summit. Here we go. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the I Am Mom Summit. I'm so honored to be a speaker this year. My name is Rachel Nielsen. I'm the host of the podcast, 3 in 30 Takeaways for Moms. Each week, I give three actionable takeaways for moms in a 30-minute podcast episode. And it's my hope that the women who listen take those takeaways, pick out the one that works best for them, and they try it in their home that week. I am super passionate about helping moms find hope in motherhood by giving them a sense that they're not alone, that they're worthwhile, that their unique gifts matter, and by giving them really practical tools to just go and try and put into action in their lives. And I hope to do the same today with this workshop for I Am Mom Summit. My topic is how to find a happy balance with social media. And what I mean by happy balance is that we still can have social media in our lives, but it's not consuming us and distracting us from our real life, our everyday life. And if you're anything like me, you may feel a little twinge of guilt around this topic because you recognize that maybe you're on your phone more often than you'd like to be. You may worry sometimes about your kids seeing you on your phone so much and what that's going to model for them. You are not alone. I think most moms in this day and age struggle with finding the balance with social media. We can also have really mixed feelings about it where we really enjoy it and we're kind of addicted to it. And yet we also kind of hate it and it makes us feel less than it makes us feel guilty or jealous. So where do we find this balance? And I just want to start off by saying that I truly do love social media. Social media is how I connect with my community of podcast listeners, because as a podcast host, I wouldn't ever know the women behind who were listening to my show if it weren't for social media it's in my community on Instagram that I get to know the moms and they send me messages and they tell me about the struggles that they're having and the aha moments that they had as they listen to my show. And so I am so grateful that social media exists and I do not want to cut it from my life altogether. But I also want to be really present with my children and be the best mom that I can be for them. And not just for them, I, I want to be really present for myself. I found that I feel so much more joy in motherhood when I am not distracted by my phone or anything else, but I'm really present in the moment and feeling the joy and the magic that is already there. It's just sometimes I'm too distracted to notice it. And I want to illustrate that with a little story from my own life. So this past summer, when my family and I were on a road trip, I was looking at my phone we were driving along. I was reading a parenting article, um, not really an article, but a post on Instagram, a parenting post. But, you know, they sometimes feel like articles because they're pretty lengthy. And I was reading an Instagram post about positive parenting or something. So a worthy thing to be browsing. And all of a sudden, I sort of got this uneasy feeling 
that said, you're here with your family. Be with your family. Look up. Look around you. I looked up from my phone and all of a sudden I noticed that we were in a super lush mountain valley. It was so green. The sky was blue. It was breathtaking. And I had been completely unaware of my surroundings and the setting while I was staring at my phone. All of a sudden I could hear my daughter who was in the back seat. She's five. And she was singing the Lego Friends theme song so sweetly in her little voice. Best friends forever, forever and ever. And my heart just swelled. And I looked over at my son. He was busy playing with his little Legos, being so well behaved. And I thought, this is a perfect moment. And I almost missed it. I almost missed that fleck of gold, that motherhood magical moment because I was consumed by my phone reading an article about motherhood. Isn't that kind of ironic? So I put my phone down, I reached over and I took my husband's hand and I chose to be really present for the rest of that ride home. So today I want to give you three takeaways and give myself three takeaways for how we can balance social media so we can be really present in our real lives. And I wanted to let you know that I have created a PDF that goes along with this presentation and will walk you through each step with prompts and categories you can fill out. It'll take you probably about 15 minutes to do. Um, You can either pause and go print that out right now and use it as I go or just listen and then fill out the worksheet later. And you don't need to use that worksheet if you just want to listen, do it in your mind, jot it down on a sheet of paper. But I did create that for you. If you are interested, you can go to 3in30podcast.com forward slash mom summit, all one word, or there's a link here, I think on the sidebar or maybe underneath this video where you can get that PDF as we work through these three takeaways together. Okay. So takeaway number one is define what you love about social media. I think so often our feeds get so crowded that we can't really differentiate anymore what it is that we love about social media that really fuels us and fills us up and what it is that stresses us out, makes us feel jealous, or just becomes a lot of noise because we kind of follow people willy-nilly sometimes. I know for me, especially at first when I joined Instagram, it was like, well, they followed me, so I need to follow them back. Or I read a little interesting parenting insight somewhere and I'm like, oh, this could be a cool account and I follow it. And then I see like some great product recommendations for Christmas presents. So I follow that account. I'm pretty sure pretty soon my feed is so full, it just becomes a lot of noise. It's too much input. So I need to get really deliberate about what do I love about social media that fuels me that I would miss if I got off of social media altogether. Which accounts do I love the most? Why do I love them? Thinking deliberately about those things can give you a lot of clarity. So I would suggest thinking about different categories of of accounts. Now, I always refer to Instagram because that's what I love, but I know a lot of moms use Facebook or Pinterest or Twitter. What are the different handles or accounts that you love and why? I could think of five categories that I know I use Instagram for, and I'm sure lots of other moms do too. So think about these categories. Do you use it to keep in touch with family and friends? If so, do you really enjoy that? Is that something you love about Instagram? Or is it something that you've just kind of felt obligated to do? 
or maybe you've allowed too many people to fall into this category and all of a sudden you're seeing updates from your long lost second cousin once removed and you don't really care about her updates. So you may need to get a little bit more deliberate about how you keep in touch with family and friends using social media, but that is one category. Another category might be for your work, your business. Maybe you use it as a tool to share your work like I do, um, you, to get to know your work community, to network, to, um, what else could you do? To, to contact experts in your field or to watch their stuff so that you're learning within your field. All of that would go under the heading of your business. And speaking of experts, many of us follow expert accounts in whatever it is that we're interested in. Parenting, marketing, healthy eating, fitness, knitting, art, whatever your thing is, maybe you follow some accounts that fit well within sort of the masters or the experts category. This is a really good thing, but it can turn into a problem if you have too many of those accounts. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. The fourth reason why you might follow an Instagram account or a social media account is um, for religious, like devotionals, daily devotionals, or to help with your scripture study. And the fifth category I could think of, though I'm sure that there's many more categories, is product reviews. There's a lot of really fun, cool accounts that will tell you the best clothes for the best deals, the best toys, um, great products for your life, and that can be very addicting. So when you write down all those categories and you brainstorm under each one, you can sort of start to see why do I use Instagram, which categories do I really love for Instagram, and which do I not. Um, another thing that you can do is you can make a list of your five favorite accounts to follow and why. Who are the people that inspire you the most and what is it about their content that's drawing you back in that you would miss if you got off of Instagram? Another question I sometimes ask myself at the end of a day of scrolling is I ask, did I see anything on social media today that was truly life-changing, that will stay with me and stick with me, that touched me and impacted me in a meaningful way that was worth my time and energy? A lot of times the answer to that question is no. That doesn't necessarily mean that time was wasted, but it might mean that that time was wasted and we need to get more deliberate about where we're putting our time and energy. Also, if you consistently notice that there's one account that delivers life-changing nuggets often, you'll know that account is worth following. I'm going to keep that in my feed. So getting really deliberate about that. Now, I mentioned expert feeds, and I did want to make a point about this. One of my favorite mentors, Emily P. Freeman from the podcast The Next Right Thing, has an episode called Stop Collecting Gurus. And right when I read that title, I laughed out loud and I knew that it was going to apply to me because I love to learn. I love to gather information and I have a lot of gurus that I follow, but her point, which is so true, is that there comes, there comes a point in your learning journey where you really need to stop collecting the wisdom of gurus and start implementing. So if you're following 10 parenting experts you're probably being distracted by learning about parenting and not actually doing the parenting that you're reading about. You know, um, I do this in business all the time. I love to take all the webinars and classes and courses and learn, but then I'm not actually doing and implementing. 
So when you look at the big picture of your feed, maybe limit yourself to like three experts that you're going to follow. Stop collecting gurus. It's time to start implementing. And that leads really well into takeaway number two. Takeaway number two is refine your feed so that only accounts that you love are visible. Those things that really fuel you should be the things that are left in your account. So when you open social media and you scroll, it's not a drain. It doesn't make you feel guilty or jealous or tired or mad at yourself for wasting a whole bunch of time. It's actually part of your conscious self-care because you know that everything that is in your feed fuels you. You love it and it fits. It, you, it goes through that lens that you identified under takeaway number one. So maybe you realize that you don't really like keeping up with family and friends on social media. It's not your thing. You'd rather have phone conversations with them. The overposting bothers you. It's just not where you want to devote your time on social media. That's okay. And you don't have to feel guilty about it. Refine your feed to reflect that. That means maybe you unfollow a lot of those people that are cluttering up your feed. Another thing you can do is mute accounts. So that's not actually unfollowing them. It's just turning off the notifications. It's muting them so you won't see their updates, but they will never know that you muted them. So that's sometimes good for a relationship where they could be hurt if they realize that you stopped following. Um, it's also good for times when maybe you just need a little break from someone or something, and but you know you're going to want to come back later. So to mute, what you do is you go to their name and their little circle picture. This is Instagram, but I'm sure it's similar for Facebook. There's also an option to mute there. You click on their name, you go to their account, and then there's three dots, and you click that, and you'll see mute. You can mute stories and posts, or one or the other, so that you are really deliberately selecting who you see stuff from and how much of their stuff you see. And I would suggest getting really ruthless with this. And if something's not adding value, cut it out. You have plenty of noise and input in your life as it is. You can get rid of some of those accounts, even if they are wonderful people, causes, and accounts, but they're just not what truly bring you joy and fuel you. Another way you can refine your feed is to really invest in and interact with the accounts that you love the most, because the social media algorithms will show you more of the people who they can see you really love their work. So if you love an account and it consistently inspires you, make sure you're liking posts, make sure you're commenting. That's going to bring their stuff to the top so that you'll see it when you get on to have that deliberate self-care time that you're doing through social media, which leads really well into takeaway number three, which is to design your daily schedule to include some conscious social media time. For me, the hardest part of social media is how often I check it. And I just do it as like a quick, like whenever I'm in line somewhere, whenever I have a second, whenever I'm in bed at night and I do a quick check and a quick check and a quick check. And it means that I'm never fully focused where I am because of that constant checking. I have found that I have such a healthier relationship with social media when I dedicate one or two blocks of time where that are my social media time. And I kind of plan them in and schedule it instead. And then I don't check it at other times throughout the day. This is hard and I'm not always good about this, but when I am good at it, it makes a huge difference. Overall, the amount of time that I spend might be the same, 
But by concentrating it all into one dedicated block, I'm less divided in my attention. When I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. And then when I decide to go on social media to refuel, it's a decision. It's not just an impulse that sometimes will drain me, distract me, keep me away from things that matter more to me. So you can dedicate a half an hour, an hour, two hours if you want to social media, but just know that you're doing it, choose it, be conscious about it, and plan in when would be the best time. Would it be best to do it right after your kids are in bed as kind of a reward at the end of the night? Or is that the time when you really want to be connecting with your partner? And so you want to deliberately decide that you're not going to do it at that time. Instead, you're going to do it midday at lunch when your baby goes down for a nap. Or when you have a break at work for late afternoon and you're kind of in your energy lull. Be conscious about it and design a routine with soulful social media use involved in it. One thing that really has helped me with this is that sometimes when I'm in a bit of a social media addiction moment um, and I recognize like, okay, I got to get out of this rut. I need a little breather. I will actually delete the apps after my allotted time each day. And I feel like for me, that helps more than just like setting because you can set screen time limits if you go into the settings of your phone and you can say, I want to spend this long on Instagram and no more than this long on Facebook or whatever. But you can easily override those if you don't have very much self-control. And so for me, the actual act of deleting it and hitting that X makes it very like, um, I feel empowered. I feel like I'm making this choice. I'm deleting this app. I will be back to it tomorrow, but there's not even the chance that I'm going to be distracted by it for the next 24 hours because it's not on my phone. And it takes just enough energy to reinstall it that it keeps me from doing that 100 times a day. It's not enough energy to be annoying. It takes about 30 seconds to reinstall the app, but I'm not going to do that 10 times an hour, you know? Once or twice a day, I'll reinstall the app and look, and that helps me get out of the bad habit of constantly checking. So do what you need to do to really put some boundaries around your social media use, be conscious about it, and design your day in a way that your first priorities are really getting your best attention, but you're still having some time for meaningful, happy social media use. So those are my three takeaways for how to find a happy balance with social media, to be a present mom and to be present on the accounts that you care about. I will recap those for you. And I also want to remind you that I have that PDF that you can print out and work through to get sort of a handle on your social media use. You could do this with your partner. You could do it by yourself. Make a commitment to find that better balance. So our three takeaways are, and I did make these rhyme on purpose, define, refine, design. So define what you love about social media and what you don't. Refine your feed so that what you love is reflected within the accounts you follow. And third, design your day so that you have intentional blocks of time where you check social media and the rest of the time you're just living your beautiful big life and you're present in the moment and you're hearing your daughter sing in the back seat, you're aware of the scenery around you, you can sense the magic in your day-to-day because you're present for it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll come over to my podcast, 
3 and 30 takeaways for moms. And don't forget that PDF is available for you at 3and30podcast.com forward slash mom summit. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening, my friends. Revisiting those three tips has motivated me so much to recommit to better boundaries with my social media and phone use. And I hope that you're feeling motivated as well. A thought that I had as I re-listened to that presentation is that I feel like in the last few months, social media hasn't been as much of a challenge for me as uh, news, like spending way too much time consuming news. And that is also distracting me from being present with my family. And I think that these takeaways could totally apply to that as well with getting more deliberate about which news I like to read, which news just makes me feel upset and anxious, where I want to devote and spend my time when I read the news, which it's very important to stay up on the world and current events. And I don't want to stop doing that altogether, but I maybe need to refine Uh, that a little bit more and design a time in my day where it makes more sense for me to do that. I tend to do that at night right before I go to bed, which is not smart because then my brain is going crazy and I can't sleep. So I need to redesign a little bit my news intake as well as revisit how I'm using social media. I hope that this episode has given you a lot to think about and just a reminder that the worksheet that walks you through applying the three takeaways to your own life is available at 3and30podcast.com forward slash mom summit. And it really is super thorough. And I believe it will make a big difference in helping you take action on what you learned today. So I'll put that link in the show notes and I would love for you to sign up to get that download. And I'll also be sending that worksheet out to those of you who are already signed up for my weekly newsletter. So you can be on the lookout for that. And if you're not already signed up for my newsletter, what are you waiting for? (laughs) I love to touch base with you weekly to share additional insights into the episodes as well as additional tools to bless your family. I only send really good stuff, including a monthly recap sheet of all of the takeaways from all of the month's episodes. It's basically a three and 30 cliff notes that you can save and refer back to. It's such a great resource and you can get on the list to start receiving that by going to three and 30 podcast.com forward slash takeaways. When you sign up for that, you'll also get a link that is all the back, you know, the history of three and 30. So you can get all of the takeaways from every single one of the episodes that we've aired on the show so far. I hope that that will be a super valuable resource for you. And again, that's 3and30podcast.com forward slash takeaways. My friends, let's commit to being really present for this last month of summer by being more intentional with our phone use. Let's not miss out on the perfect moments with our family because we're staring at our screens. This is something that I know I'm going to be really focused on this week. I hope you will join me as well. And I hope that you have a beautiful week with your family.